It's Fox Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree to disagree. This week on Fox Top 5, Sandra, Sandra Smith. Smith. I felt like I needed a little bit of, you know, songwriters, a chef at the table, a conservationist. I'll get to that in a moment. And Juan, Juan Williams. Williams. There's no getting away from him as a seminal figure, so he'd be a wonderful dinner table guest. Come together to share their top five dinner party guests. Here are this week's hosts, Sandra, Sandra and Juan. Welcome to Fox Top 5. I'm Sandra Smith, co-anchor of America Reports on Fox News Channel. And today I'm joined by my colleague, Juan Williams, Fox News political analyst. Juan, it's great to share this time with you. Good to be with you, Sandra. I tell you, this pandemic keeps people apart. I tell you what, I love our topic of conversation today because every week on this podcast, Fox hosts, reporters, personalities, they get together to share their top five of any given topic. A common interesting question, Juan, that gets asked as an icebreaker, I'm sure you've been asked this before, is if you had a dinner party, who are five people you would invite? They could be alive, deceased, famous, or someone you look up to. There are a lot of options out there. So how did you compile your list, Juan? Well, you know what? I I love writing and I love reading. And so for me, the idea of conversation comes out of that, Sandra. You know, it would be like if you were not just picking up a book, but able to sit down and talk a book, you know, the talking book tradition, which I guess goes to the heart of what we do at Fox News. You know, we're talking to people all the time and we're sharing ideas and we're sharing stories and we're sharing ourselves personally. So for me, it's the talk. I want it to be like sitting down with people who have great stories to tell. Absolutely. And I put a lot of thought into every dinner party I host because I actually really do like to host dinner parties, cocktail parties. I love putting thought into who sits where, um, what guests you're inviting, who might hit it off on a particular subject. So I tried to put some thought into that when I was thinking about this special dinner party that can include people who are no longer living as well. So that made it extra hard for me. <laughs> One. Number five. You're at the dinner table, Juan. Who's number five at your dinner party? I think Tony Morrison. You know, Tony Morrison, you know, who wrote Beloved. I'm very, I would be, I would love to talk to Toni Morrison right now, given all that just happened over her book in Virginia in that gubernatorial race. It kind of intersects in my interest because of the politics and the storytelling and race relations. And she would be at the center of this. I mean, imagine if she was alive, I'd say, Toni Morrison, sit down. What do you think about what's going on here and about the telling of stories about race in America and how politicized this has become? I would love to hear what she thinks. That's spectacular. Love that one. Um, for n- my number five, I chose Irving Berlin because I, f- I felt like I needed a little bit of, you know, songwriters, a chef at the table, a conservationist. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but my number five is Irving Berlin, one of the arguably one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Uh, he died in 1989. He had a 60 year 
career one. He wrote mm-hmm. over 1,500 songs. And as we are approaching the holidays, I love, I love hearing White Christmas, one of his uh, top songs he wrote, Happy Holiday. Um, and then, of course, there was his hit Broadway musical and 1943 film, This is the Army with Ronald Reagan. And in it, <laughs> remember, Kate Smith sings Berlin's God Bless America. So yes. I have, I would love him at the table. I think, did he do Easter Parade and some of that stuff? I, I'm not sure, but I, if my memory says, you know, and I, you know, come the springtime and Easter, I love that song. But there's so much, so it's it's not only Christmas for me, it's Easter and, of course, God bless America. You got to think, you know, that stuff is so classic. It's like beyond time. I guess that's the definition of timeless. And what a great guest to have at the dinner table, right? Sancho? So I love it. I love it. I know. That's and I always, have to, I always have to go back and look and see if it was an Irving, Irving Berlin song, because obviously so many people headlined his songs and covered his songs that it was hard to keep track of who Irving Berlin is behind some of the most well-known songs out there. Yeah. yeah. Number four. All right. Who's your number four? So, uh, you know, keeping with what I laid out for you as my sort of matrix, and I'm using that word guardedly and specifically here, um, I am also interested in the idea of how information and arguments about information are going on in America today. So arguments about Facebook, about Twitter, uh, about, you know, how everything in our home from the Alexa device to anything else is monitoring us. And my favorite science fiction writer is a woman by the name of Octavia Butler. And I would just love to have somebody who was involved with science fiction talking about how we are going into a science fiction universe of how we connect, how we talk, how we see each other. Um, to me, this is the new frontier. And, you know, gosh, I just think it's, it's like beyond imagination to me. It's like, wow, this is real. Who knew? Where did this come from? So that's why I think science fiction is richer than ever. Oh, my goodness. I, I want to see it at your dinner table. This is this is getting good. Um, <laughs> and, and just like, very much like you are doing, I've often thought about somebody who I would love to ask about what is happening today and pick their brain on what is happening today. Someone who's no longer with us, of course, Milton Friedman, awarded oh, yeah. the Nobel Prize for Economics 1976. He explained the role of Juan, what we talk about a lot today, money supply in the economy, inflation fluctuations. Um, he was the one who called him inflation, a hidden tax, you'll remember. And you go back to that Politico interview, April 2020, when Joe Biden um, said Milton Friedman is not running the show anymore. The Wall Street Journal is writing about that this morning, actually, saying that those words could come back to haunt him when we're looking at the inflation situation today. So I'd love to have Milton Friedman have a seat at my dinner table. Well, you know, I wrote about Milton Friedman uh, in a book I wrote once because I think he's one of the people who's the new in the way that I defined the book was called We the People, but it's about people I define, Sandra, as the new founding fathers and mothers of 21st century America. Mm-hmm. And Milton Friedman's position, you know, that you really are a company if you're looking out for the shareholders, less so than you're looking out for the employees or the customers. You got to produce profits. 
I think this is one of the defining characteristics of who we are as Americans today and leads to arguments because you can imagine people saying, no, the workers want to raise their hands and the workers want higher wages or the, the customers want better service. But it's really about, if we are capitalists, about delivering first and foremost for shareholders. And I think people saw this as kind of harsh at first. And I think that's what you're hearing from Biden and others. But to me, it's inescapable that Friedman defined the current political and economic reality we live with. And I think if you can decide, hey, that's too harsh for your taste, but there's no getting away from him as a seminal figure. So he'd be a wonderful dinner table guest. I love it. The countdown continues after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Number three. Who's your number three, Juan? You know, again, I have an interest in people who have a way with words. And recently I saw Ken Burns documentary on Muhammad Ali. Mm. And I was once again enchanted and entranced by this story, especially the idea of friendship. And I guess at a dinner table, we got to imagine that everyone there likes each other. And he had a very intriguing relationship with Malcolm X in which he was initially a friend and then turns his back on his friend, doesn't even go to his funeral. And I would love to talk to Muhammad Ali, someone I've met, someone I knew. I would like to talk to him now at a dinner table as a friend about friendship. And why did you turn your back on your friend in such a vicious way? Why would you have even said that he was a traitor? I don't get it. You know, it's one of these things where you think about human character, who we are, things that define yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And for him, I think that was a sad, you, know, you could say it's a negative because I, I love Muhammad Ali, don't mistake me, but to me, that was a revealing moment. And I bet that he has regret about it. Wow. Could you imagine? Wow. I'm taking a moment to take this all in. Toni Morrison does, gets to sit next to Muhammad Ali. Wow. Really? Um, I'm telling you. 
I mean, this is getting good. Okay, so my number three is Aldo Leopold. I'm not sure if you're familiar. No. Is what many consider him the father of conservation. Um, he is considered by many um, not only the father of conservation, but wildlife ecology. He's you know one of the most influential conservationists thinkers of the 20th century. Um, but he was many other things: a forester, philosopher, writer, educator. Um, but it was the land ethic that was among one of his best ideas. And the quick and dirty explanation of that is that he called for the ethical caring relationship between people and nature. And he wrote this collection of essays during his lifetime. They're sitting in the shack and outside the shack of um, Baraboo, Wisconsin. There was a collection of essays that he wrote that was published in a book called The Sand County Almanac. And I, I've always said it's a life-changing book and it was for me. And in it, I'll, I'll share with you one quote, uh, Juan, from Aldo Leopold. He said, there are two spiritual dangers in not owning a farm. One is the danger of su supposing that breakfast comes from the grocery and the other that heat comes from the furnace. And it's just, it's a collection of essays that really, it, it'll make you think. And it's a, it's, it's really, really beautiful. Aldo Leopold. Well, you know what? Maybe we're going to have to have a joint dinner party. <laughs> I love because, it. because my next suggestion was Rachel Carson, you know? Whoa. And so I'm a big fan of Rachel Carson. In fact, I live in Washington, D.C., and she lived in Silver Spring, Maryland uh, for the longest time. And her book, I think 1962, Silent Spring, really changed the way America thinks about the environment and about conservation. And I mean, the reason I, I think of her in this way is it goes back to something you were just talking about, Sandra, which is I think it's the case that the first four presidents of the United States. So that would be Washington, George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison. were all farmers. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you have a relationship to the land and to you as the angler <laughs> going out there, <laughs> I don't see you on TV looking like an angler. But I, I, again, this would be a great thing to learn about you at the dinner table um, that, in fact, you know, you get your hands dirty and you have an appreciation for the environment. To me, this is astounding stuff. And, you know, in Rachel Carson's case, Richard Nixon creates the Environmental Protection Agency largely in response to what she has started and the whole Earth Day movement and all that. To me, this is, again, incredible stuff. We all live with it. We all know now in terms of the ongoing debate about global warming, climate change and all that, that something is, you know, between man and nature, there's a relationship. And wow, wouldn't it be great to sit at the dinner table with her? Okay, I'm definitely putting them next to each other at this combined <laughs> dinner party because, wow, we would really get something going there. Number two. My number two, Margaret Thatcher. She, of course, said the trouble with socialism, Juan, is that you eventually run out of other people's money. I would love to know, and I will just say this very simply, what the Iron Lady would have to say today. Right. <laughs> So are you on your number two now? I am. Okay. So we were talking before about uh, Muhammad Ali and my curiosity about him and his relationship with Malcolm X. But I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of boxing. You know, my dad trained boxers. Uh, I can tell you that I don't like getting hit in the face. That's why I'm not a boxer. Um, but I am very much 
intrigued by a man I met once in my life. I met him at the Olympics in Beijing in 2008. And he is the greatest Cuban heavyweight boxer of all time. His name is Teofilo Stevenson. And, you know, given what's going on in Cuba, the transition right there, the pressure between the Cuban government and the Cuban people, the end of Fidel Castro's reign, um, and I think, you know, an explosion in the desire for freedom on the part of the Cuban people, a desire to come into the modern world that had been suppressed by, you know, the Cuban communist, you know, radicals. I don't even think it's they're radicals. I think they were oppressors. But I would love to talk to somebody who, to me, demonstrated athletic virtue, tried to be faithful to that revolution. What would he say now? How would he identify now? Would it be with the Cuban people as they aspire for true freedom? I got to believe it would be, but I'd love to hear from Teofilo Stevens. Wow, Juan, this is deep. I love this. Um, I love you put as much thought into this as I did um, because it was fun to come up with. Number. 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 Number one. Five, four, three. Number one. My number one is Julia Childs. I was reading anything I could get my hands on about her life um, because she lived a very long, remarkable life. And she had sort of this modern marriage. Um, She was American, although she is best known for bringing French cuisine to the American people. Um, She was a modern woman in in ways, um, you know, to to a point where if you put Julia Childs into a search engine today, Mm -hmm. she still has the world talking about her. And as we approach Thanksgiving, (laughs) her recipes will be on dining room tables everywhere. I mean, she was an absolutely remarkable person um, who was ahead of her time. Um, You know, she had the TV show, Childish. They even made a movie about her life recently. And she's obviously a first and foremost, an iconic French chef, but she lived a remarkable life that people are still talking about today. You know, what I know about her is that she was a spy. She was one of the original recruits for the uh, (laughs) Office of Strategic Services, OSS. Yes. And I'm always fascinated. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. And so I'm always fascinated by her. And, you know, to my mind, I'm not sure I would invite him to the dinner, but maybe he could be a backup guest was a baseball player named Mo Berg, who also was one of the original <laughs> recruits for, you know, the OSS that becomes our CIA. But this is oh, all the Oh, my gosh. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so who's your number one? I think my number one would be Ralph Ellison, who wrote Invisible Man, which I think is the greatest novel of the 20th century. Um And, you know, it's really his only novel. People have gone back and patched together things that he has written. Um, But, you know, that book just stands out. I think there's so much in terms of American literature now that really goes back to this idea of following Ralph Ellison's tale, because it it has a sense of us as, you know, being sort of anonymous in a big country like the USA, but at the same time, dealing with identity issues, dealing with America and its promise and its love of country and belief that, you know what, we're going to find our way here. I would love to sit down and talk to Ralph Ellison. Wow. What are we serving at this dinner table? <laughs> <laughs> you're, talking, 
Hey, let's go back and I'll say, Sandra, you cook. How about that? <laughs> I'll, I'll go catch something in the river. Yeah. Um, you know what? This was so much fun, Juan. I really enjoyed. I feel like it's just us chatting on the phone. It's really fun. I hope um, I took lots of notes of your people, your books, and I love hearing your stories. And um, Juan, it was really nice to spend this time with you. Well, Sandra, you know, I'm always your friend and always delighted to see you on the air and doing so well. So this is a real treat for me. Thank you for uh, for joining us. And yeah. thanks, thanks to everyone who listened in today. Please subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or, of course, at foxnewspodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Sandra, thanks so much. Thank you, Juan. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.